Blessed day to everyone. Praise God for the privilege of fasting. You see, it is an excellent opportunity to feast in the presence of God. Now, if this is your first time to do normal fast, normally the hardest is on the first three days. On the fourth day, it will be worse. <laughs> I'm just joking. You will be surprised by the strength that your body will experience. So don't give up. Concentrate on God's presence instead of our weakness. By the way, if you are a coffee or any caffeinated beverage drinker, you will most likely experience headache. That feeling is natural. So don't worry. You are just suffering from caffeine withdrawal. And that's normal. Okay, now let's dive into our topic tonight. Remember this, we are elected to pray. Most of us, if not all, are beginning to feel the heat of the election fever. Christian brethren who are called to love one another just as Christ loved them are unfriending each other because of the fire burning within them to fight for their preferred candidates. The truth is we have forgotten that our battle is not in the physical world but in the spiritual realm. Let me remind everyone about what Paul said. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Friends, the future of our country does not depend on the next leadership of this nation. It depends on you and me who are followers of Jesus. We are the salt and the light of this country. Our country is bland because of the lack of salt in our government affairs. It is dark because of the lack of brightness from the light. It just imagine the transformation of a city from the absence of light to having lighted on in an increasing manner. If the lights are off, they might be disconnected from the power source. Our calling as lights of this world requires us to constantly connect with the power source. E.M. Bounds beautifully said this, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil. The prayer of God's saint are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries on His great work upon earth. God conditions the very life and prosperity of His cause on prayer. <laughs> Wait, is not God sovereign? Will He not accomplish anything with or without our prayer? Good question. When God instructed Elijah to tell Ahab that it would rain, did Elijah need to pray since it was God who initiated it and planned about it? Elijah still prayed seven times before the rain came. Seven represents perfection. Elijah did not stop praying until what God said was fulfilled. The Lord created us as His representative. We represent Him to all His creation from the very beginning. And as His manager, we need to be in constant communication with Him. Especially us now as Christians, we are the chosen generation, we are the royal priesthood, and we are elected to pray. Paul made this very clear in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what he says, First of all then, I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people. Just imagine the phrase, first of all. Literally, it means first in order, as in first in rank. It is something so important. Paul tells us that our first priority as Christians is prayer. And as a church, it should be prayer. 
You see, friends, expressing our ideas on governance is good. But prayer is what the Lord requires of us. We tend to be too busy posting on Facebook, on Instagram, or whatever platform available about our complaints or comments regarding our government instead of praying. We Christians must take our position to lead our country through our bended knees. It seems that we have time for every pursuit and activity except that which is deemed most important, which is prayer, often takes a backseat. Friends, before we run on Facebook, why don't we face God first? You see, but how are we to pray? Paul mentioned four essentials to pray. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then I urge that entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all people. Now, these essentials are entreaties, Prayers, petitions, giving of thanks. Now, they seem to be synonymous to each other, but, are, but they're not the same. When we go to the Greek word of entreaty, for example, it expresses urgent requests. These are concerns that are needed to be dealt with ASAP. Like, for example, having a calamity, praying for the situation, or maybe someone who is great or someone who is in the leadership ha- had a heart attack. So we need to pray urgently. I said, this is something that we need to entreat. While prayers, this word expresses fervency. I said, it is praying for something that requires persistence, like persistent request in Luke chapter 18, like persistently praying for against graft and corruption, persistently praying for righteousness in this country, persistently praying for the, the cure for the COVID-19. Now, when we go to the petitions, this word means to fall in with. It is aligning to God's will. It is praying to see what is happening around us, the people, the circumstances, to align to God's ways and God's will. Praying intensely before God that everything will really be in accordance to His will. Friends, I just remembered when I was renewing my passport. Just a month ago, I traveled from Marikina to Olongapo to renew my passport, which I initially filled out a form online. Most of us who renew passports and licenses and other documents know that applicants choose appointment dates and places based on availability of their schedule and area branches around the country. And Olongapo was the nearest available appointment place to me at that time. Now imagine my frustration and seething anger when I was told that I'm misplacing a period after my extension name, Junior. Now, junior lang yun, ha? wala lang tuldok. I had to correct it online and they told me that they had, I had to go back after two weeks to proceed to the application. Now, Honestly, I turned to the Lord and prayed hard, battling against a system in my heart and wondering about the inconvenience and difficulty of applicants coming from places farther than mine. Then the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Were you really concerned about the people who are applying farther from your place? Or is it because you were affected by it? The truth is this, I was angry inside. Not because I care for other peoples, but it's simply because I was just thinking of the inconvenience I'm experiencing. And I'm just using them to to look as in righteous deep within my heart. 
to even convince myself that I am praying with such intensity because of my love for other people. Friends, sometimes we are not praying for the system to align into God's ways because we are not affected by it. So that's the challenge for all of us. We need to really come to God to fall in and to align with the will, with the will of the Lord and with the ways of God. So let's continue. And the fourth essential that we saw is that giving thanks. No, when we pray for a country, when we pray for people, we need to also see and consider things that we are to thank God for. You know, it's not only just complaining or about our needs, but we are to thank God that we have leadership. We have to thank God for, for His provision for all of us. We need to thank God for at least even if we do have complaints about the system, we need to still to thank God that He has people there to administer whatever is needed in order to, to meet our needs. So friends, those are essentials to our prayer. Now, let's continue to what Paul is saying. He said that we are to pray in behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. You see, what Paul is saying is that the extent of prayer is that we are to pray for all men. This tells us that no one on the face of the earth should not be prayed for, and that there is no man beyond the influence of godly praying. Can you imagine when Paul said this, Nero was their emperor, a very crazy emperor? Now more than ever, Christians need to pray for our leaders. We do not have to agree with them, but we should pray for them instead of cursing or condemning them to hell. Remember always that Christian love and grace should prevail in all that we do. And you know the end goal of this prayer? And here's a beautiful part. God wants us to have a better world. And he said that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. When we pray as we should, the product will be quietness externally and peacefulness internally. This should produce in us lives of godliness and purity. Our praying ought to be for, the, for ourselves that we do not damage the testimony of Christ Jesus by low living. Not only that, the most important is this. This is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The most important is that God is pleased and His purpose is accomplished, which is to save men. When we pray after this manner, it, is, it pleases the Lord and it's a good thing in His sight. God is honored when His people pray as they should. It reveals faith on our part, allowing God to demonstrate His power. God is more honored by our prayers than He is by our protest. Often, protesters display an openly anti-Christian attitude. We normally do that even online. Christians pray because they want to please the Lord who saved them from sin. That satisfies God. And look at the ultimate desire of God to see all men saved. The world is more likely to respond to Christians who love and pray for them than they are to Christians who attack them and consign them all to hell. Yes, we are to hate the sin, but always love the sinners. That is what Jesus did. He died for us. We love, we love them best by praying for them and love sharing Christ with them. Knowing that there is no other way for man to be saved but through Jesus, then behave that men may know that there is a God who loves and cares for them. 
Now here, listen to this. Look at what Paul said. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. So instead of complaining, let's pray and follow God's instruction. Praise God that by His grace, we in CCF are trying our best to apply this. And we should keep on doing so. And let's watch this as a testimony of our church of prayer that works. Were you ever trained how to vote? Have you ever taken a course on voter education? Chances are not. So I actually grew up disenfranchised by the political system. I remember the first time that the patriotic ember within me was took. I was living in the U.S. and totally ignorant and apathetic to the political issues in the Philippines. And then EDSA revolution happened. I remember deeply regretting having missed that historic movement, that pivotal moment in our nation's story. So I quit my job, packed my bags, and moved back to Manila in November of 1986. Sadly, what many others had hoped to be the start of our country's transformation just went poof. We were soon back where we started. Perhaps some would argue that we have actually improved, but still, we remain languishing as a sick man of Asia nonetheless. And so, like many, I again became disenfranchised and apathetic to the politics of our day. After all, corruption in the Philippines is endemic. There's nothing that anyone can do about it. So all hope is lost, or so it seemed. Then another movement happened, the Christian values movement. And it has rekindled that same desire to be part of something transformative for the nation. For I truly believe that God is calling His people to a revival of hope, a renewing of the mind on how we are to vote. For ours may not be the promised land, but God certainly has promises for our land plans to give it a hope and a future. After all, it was He who gave us an abundance of both natural and people resources. He simply waits for us to do something about it. My reading the first morning of this year was on the allotment of the promised land to the 12 tribes of Israel. I was particularly struck by what Joshua 18 verses 1 to 3 says. The country was brought under their control but there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. So Joshua said to the Israelites, How long will you wait before you take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? In Tagalog, Hoy! Ano pa hinihintay ninyo? Iminigay na nga sa inyo bakit ayaw niyo pang kumilos. Similarly with CVM, God has given us an answer on how to transform this nation. After all, is it not our church's vision to transform lives, families, communities, and nations? As in this nation? So as God's elect, ano pa hinihintay natin? God has answered our prayers. It is now for us to do something about it. And it is for you to pray, step up, and take action. What action? Start by signing up as a member of the Christian Values Movement. With CVM, God is giving each of us an opportunity to move in unity toward a blessed future. Yes, He offers each of us the choice whether to participate or not. But as for me, I have learned from Scripture that when God's cloud or pillar of fire moves, 
God's people pack up and move. The decision is yours. For to Him, your hearts must either be committed or not at all. Either hot or cold, but never ever lukewarm or conditional. We must either be aligned with His will or simply unwilling to align. But lest you too get disenfranchised, CVM is not just about elections 2022. It simply starts in 2022. We begin at this point in time, but with overtime in mind, with God's timing and methods in mind. After all, it took time for Him to prepare His people to take the land. It took a step of faith before He parted Jordan's waters. And it took many reminders from Him for His people to be bold and courageous. That's why it is important to pray for the Christian Values Movement. For we are God's people whom He has elected to pray. To pray not only for leaders and authorities, but to pray for the right leaders and authorities. For even elections, and every election is a spiritual battle. And the outcome does not depend on whom we elect, but the outcome starts from how we vote for those we elect. And that entails hope covered in prayers. It starts with us. Do we vote with Christian values or the world's values in mind? Because if transformation in our country is what we desire, then revival amongst God's people needs to happen. We are elected to pray for a rekindling of hope in our people. That is why CVM aspires to teach every Filipino how to vote based on Christian values. For us, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he grows older, he will not abandon it. Imagine, just imagine, what our country can be when this dream is realized. Friends, we're not sharing this to brag, but because we believe in our calling that we are elected to pray, we are taking this seriously. Now, allow me to end to reinforce my point with what happened in American history. In 1857, a 46-year-old man named Jeremiah Lampier lived in New York City. Jeremiah loved the Lord tremendously, but he did not feel that he could do much for the Lord until he began to feel a burden for the lost and accepted an invitation from his church to be an inner-city missionary. So in July of 1857, he started walking up and down the streets of New York, passing out tracks and talking to people about Jesus. But he wasn't having any success. Then God put it on his heart to try prayer. So he printed up a bunch of tracks and he passed them out to anyone and everyone he met. He invited anyone who wanted to come to the third floor of the old North Dutch Reformed Church on Fulton Street in New York City from 12 to 1 on Wednesday to pray. He passed out hundreds and hundreds of flyers and put up posters everywhere he could. Wednesday came, and at noon, nobody showed up. So Jeremiah got on his knees and started praying. For 30 minutes, he prayed by himself. When finally five other people walked in, the following week, 20 people came. The next week, between 30 to 40 people came, then decided to meet every day from 12 to 1 to pray for the city. Before long, a few ministers started coming and they said, we need to start this at our churches. Within six months, over 5,000 prayer groups met every day in New York. 
Soon the word spread all over the country. Prayer meetings were started in Philadelphia, Detroit, and Washington, D.C. And in fact, President Franklin Pierce at that time started going almost every day to a noonday prayer meeting. By 1859, some 15,000 cities in America had downtown prayer meetings every day at noon and thousands were brought to Christ. And there was indeed a great revival. And the great thing about this revival is that there is no famous preacher associated with it. It was all started by one man wanting to pray. You see, it is our heart's desire to see more Filipinas to come to know Jesus. More people would come to know Jesus. And imagine the transformation that will happen in our country. So what are we to do now? Just as Paul said, Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and dispute. Friends, I want to challenge you to commit every day for 5 to 15 minutes to entreat to pray, to petition, and to thank God for our country between 12 to 1 p.m. for the next six months and see what God will accomplish if we faithfully do it. Set your alarm clock wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just pray for 5 to 15 minutes between 12 to 1. And secondly, I want you to commit once a week to fast a meal. I'm not asking you to fast for a day, but for a meal to pray. If you want, you can join us every Friday lunchtime to pray and fast with us for this country. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just stop it during that time and pray with us for our country. Just for our country. You see, friends, this coming election is crucial. But our application to our election to pray is more important. And remember this. The future of our nation is determined by our prayer devotion. God bless us all.